Hi, welcome to While You're Here, Volunteer. This is a podcast for people who are interested in volunteering, uh, people who are volunteering, and even volunteer coordinators and volunteer managers. My name is Tim St. Peter, and let's get started. Welcome to the second part of our podcast for new volunteers and for those that maybe are considering volunteering with the organization in your community. We're going to just go over a couple of the things that uh, I think are important for new volunteers to think about and consider and some information to maybe help you out along the way. Uh, The first part of our, our podcast I went over quite a bit of, uh, of thoughts and ideas, but I wanted to pick up on a couple of those real quick uh, so that we can kind of cover those again. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about was our family volunteers. So uh, I mentioned last time that family volunteers, our volunteering as a family is, is really important and uh, some something that is needed in the community because it, it provides just uh, a positive experience on on several levels. So, uh, kind of tearing that apart, it, it's easy to understand why volunteering as a family is, is such a good idea. Um, you have parents contributing to the community, and you have their children who are watching the parents contribute to the community. So, that in itself is is just an overall positive experience for the whole family. It contributes to the, I think the, the wellness of a family, the mental health wellness of the family, um, the parent child relationship, all of that contributing to the community, doing something positive. It, it just provides a, a wonderful aspect to volunteering and, and the family as, as a whole, but it does run into, um, one serious issue, which is finding the perfect place for uh, for you to volunteer. That that is not it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, I know that uh, in the past year and a half, I had over a hundred new volunteers come into our organization. Many of them wanted to volunteer as a family, uh, maybe you know maybe as a couple, but as a family as well which for my organization, the Medical Reserve Corps, it wasn't something that was easy to do because uh, we focus mainly uh, primarily on the the medical public health issues. And that does not lead to very many opportunities, volunteer opportunities for families. Uh, Just because we have the 18-year-old age limit and we also deal with HIPAA and a lot of other serious issues, um, it, it makes our projects and our activities not not so much family friendly. Now we, we do have outreach events where the, I think families are are going to be perfect because we're outdoors, maybe at the park or something like that, and and we're we're, pro- we're providing outreach and that can be done as a family. But um, most of the projects and activities that my organization deals with are not family friendly. So. It's really important if you're thinking about volunteering as a family unit to really uh, research um, the the different organizations in your community, contact the the coordinator or the manager, and find out. Just you know, 
just tell them straight out, we're looking at a family type volunteer opportunity situation. Uh, what do you have available? And make it known because those are harder to come by. Most of them will be those outreach events, but there are they are harder to come by. So make sure that you really find out ahead of time because there's nothing more disappointing than getting your whole family worked up and out to volunteer somewhere. And it turns out to be uh, a disaster. Um, and, and then it really burns everybody on the, the thought of volunteering as a family. So a little research up front will really help you with that. Uh, another piece that I want to share, which which was also um, something that's new in volunteering. It's, it's something that I, I don't remember uh, back in the 80s and 90s when uh, I had some volunteer organizations that I worked with. It's become popular here in the past 10 years or so. And I call it the one-shot volunteer. And those are, are volunteers that want to come out and volunteer somewhere for maybe one time, maybe two times at the most, to, to help in the community, but uh, not do a long-term volunteer type of, of opportunity. And the one-shot volunteer is, is, in, is growing. Um, I know it's growing in my community. Um, this past year and a half, I had over 100 people who came to volunteer just one time, maybe twice. And um, again, uh, I consider all volunteers equally, and I appreciate them all equally. So, the, you know, the individuals that want to come out and volunteer just once or maybe twice are just as important as, as other volunteers. So I see them on the same level. But uh, and if you're an individual or maybe a couple that are, are considering volunteering, but you would like to just do it once or twice, um, there are organizations that would, would gladly have you come in and help out once or twice. But you also have to remember that there is there is a little bit of a burden on the MRC, I'm sorry, on the volunteer side, uh, I, especially with MRC, which was my group, uh, because we, we have to do quite a bit of, of work on the backside before a volunteer comes in. So uh, background checks, which we have to pay for, for each individual, we have to process information. There's HIPAA, um, you know, there's HIPAA forms and requirements and things that we have to look at. So uh, there's a lot of work up front that goes into a new volunteer coming on board. So, which is okay again, like I say, which is okay when we have a handful of volunteers that want to come in and do that. We we can kind of balance that out, make it work. But uh, like this past year, when I had over a hundred. Uh, it becomes a little bit of a challenge and the challenge is different for each organization. And I understand that, but I'm just letting volunteers that are thinking about just stepping in to do that one or once or twice type of uh, volunteer work to, to remember that the organizations you get in touch with, they do have to, to kind of balance that with what they need to do at, at the office as far as background checks, getting you ready. Uh, and, you know, ever since 9-11, that's become a, a big issue. Volunteering in, in our nation has really increased and, and grown and so many positive things have come out of that. But it also requires background checks and all, all these other special pieces that we have to kind of go through. Uh, hoops that we have to go through to, to make sure that volunteers are ready to go. and 
at some point, volunteers, uh, volunteer coordinators, managers have to have a balance between how many of these one-shot volunteers can can we bring in uh, before it kind of becomes unbalanced and we're having to pay for all these background checks. So if you're interested in doing that, make sure that you let the volunteer manager or coordinator know ahead of time so that they can understand and maybe they can compensate for that somehow. Uh, but it, it is a challenge and I just, I, I just like to be straightforward and honest about that. So um, if you're thinking about that avenue, make sure that you, you really uh, get that, inf you, you share that information with the volunteer coordinator so that it's, uh, that they can address it. There are, when, when you're looking at all these volunteer organizations and you're trying to decide, well, you know, where, where do I go? Um, you know, early on, since the beginning, I've talked about finding your spark, right? Finding your passion. What are you, what are you passionate about doing? And I have to admit, you know, my, my 300 volunteers uh, in the Medical Reserve Corps are primarily interested in, in helping it in a mental, medical or public health type of environment. And while I have a pretty equal balance of medical volunteers as compared to non-medical volunteers, my, my non-medical volunteers are still doing uh, outreach and helping in the office and doing other projects that have some relationship to the public health department that I work with or the, you know, the medical field where we serve. So that, that passion is, is in there, you know, it's in those volunteers. I can see it every time they help out. So um, that's why I identify that and make sure that, that it works. But what is it that you're passionate about when it comes to helping out or volunteering? And we talked about identifying that, but I want to move on a little bit further down the road from that. So when you're, when you're reaching out, there's to, to learn more about volunteering and what groups are in your community. There are several avenues that you can look at. And I think that most people know that you can go online and you can type in volunteering near me in your Google search bar or whatever you use, and it will pull up um, some volunteer organizations, some of the, you know, the typical volunteer organizations that uh, Google recognizes in your community and you can reach out and contact them. Now, uh, where I work in Williamson County, Texas, we have a, a really wonderful organization called the Round Rock Serving Center that it does a lot in our community and uh, they, they have a, a pretty impressive volunteer base, but they also house what is called the Volunteer Center. And the Volunteer Center is really a unique organization that is, I, I often explain it as a clearinghouse of volunteer opportunities, but they have a really nice website where you can go, uh, you can go to the website and you can search through all of the volunteer organizations in Williamson County. And they have information, contact information, pictures, they have all kinds of information about all the different organizations. And you can just literally sit there for an hour and, and just click through the different organizations and find one that kind of matches up to your interest and your passion. Um, and maybe your community has something that is similar. So you find out about that. Those, those types of um, volunteer centers 
are really helpful because they, you know, like ours, our volunteer center has a young lady who we can reach out and talk to you and give her a call and, and she'll talk to you about um, the meetings that uh, happen every month with the volunteer organizations and what everybody's doing, what kind of projects are going on in the community, who's doing what. Um, and maybe your community has something like that's really valuable, really useful. Uh, if not, I know uh, you can go online and one of the big one of the big uh, websites is Volunteer Match, which is really, it, it's a good uh, resource for volunteering opportunities in your community. And um, it, it takes a little work. You have, to, you have to enter your information and kind of work through the website, volunteermatch.com. And um, you put all your information in and it will direct you to volunteer opportunities that are kind of in your area. So that's also uh, a huge um, a huge resource for trying to find some of these opportunities. Uh, also, remember that there's a lot of op opportunities to volunteer at uh, at local schools. So just contact your school district and, and find out which opportunities are available at which schools. And um, th those volunteer opportunities are becoming more and more important as schools kind of transition from COVID uh, period and 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 a lot of things that are just going on in the school districts with with money and, and things like that. Those volunteer opportunities are coming in uh, really handy. So if that's something you're interested in, you can look into that. I know most communities have um, some affiliation with a Red Cross chapter or a Salvation Army uh, facility or. Uh, uh, Catholic Charities, which uh, I'm, I'm familiar with, and they do a lot of good work too. And other aspects, and, and other than maybe the, everybody thinks about the disaster emergency response, but a lot of these organizations have different uh, projects and different activities that they need volunteers to help with. And you can just get in touch with them or go online and, and look up their information. Um, always remember that some of the, some of the most um, active volunteer groups will be our faith-based groups out in the communities. And um, if, if you're a person who feels comfortable working with a faith-based organization, there are plenty out there. I know that um, one, one thing that's really always been important to me has been the groups that provide food. So the food banks and our food outreach volunteer programs are really important because uh, uh, the homeless situation and in a lot of the areas that we live in and um, some of the, you know, some, not some families just not being able to get access to food. So always look into that. That's, that's always a good one for uh, families and couples to look into uh, just because sometimes our, our college age and young married adults, those age groups are really familiar with what's going on in the community so they can, uh, they really have a really good idea of where the need might be and and how best to to really kind of get that outreach and, and those needs met. So those are some important things to remember. Um, I think almost you know every community has a United Way that you can get in touch with and find out what um, nonprofits or other agencies that are working with that have volunteer opportunities. So that that's always a good place to start. But I know there's so much information out there on the internet 
And you can find uh, websites for all these different organizations and volunteer opportunities that are available, but none of that will ever replace reaching out to a volunteer coordinator or a manager and asking them if you can visit and talk with them. It's, it's important because it, it gives you a feeling, an idea of what you're going to, to be kind of involved with. And, and I can tell you that uh, having coordinated volunteers for quite a long time, that if, if a volunteer coordinator has a positive, productive attitude, that volunteer group most likely will as well. And unfortunately, it, it falls the, the opposite way too. If the volunteer coordinator uh, just really isn't interested and it's not motivated, there's just not a lot going on, most likely that's what you're gonna see when, when you go to volunteer there. Uh, now, I mentioned earlier that my group, uh, most of my leadership and projects are are handled by volunteers. And I've done that on purpose because these are some very passionate people, some very hardworking volunteers. And when they take a leadership role and, and you know lead a project, then I know there's going to be success. And um, as a volunteer coordinator, my job is to support them and uh, to, to keep things positive and, and to keep things productive. And it's, it's, it was what makes a team uh, a team. And again, like I mentioned last time, if you, if you join a volunteer group and you don't start to get that family feeling from some of the volunteers, especially volunteer leadership, then make sure that you really think about that. Uh, it's, it's something that's important. It keeps, uh, keeps a volunteer organization going. And uh, for volunteer coordinators, I think we all know that if if you have that family feeling and the family approach within your um, your organization, that recruitment and retainment will kind of naturally occur. And I know, like with my organization, this past year and a half, I've I haven't done any recruitment, and that that's because the recruitment has been done from. Uh, from the volunteers who are part of my team. And they bring in friends that um, they think will do a good job. And uh, one, of, one of my big philosophies is, is if I have a really good group of volunteers and they know a, a bunch of colleagues or friends who they think will make good volunteers, then most likely they will be good volunteers. And recruitment just kind of becomes a natural thing. It just it naturally takes, takes place. And then we have those windows of opportunities where more volunteers will come in and we can, uh, we can vet them and, and try to see if they're a good match. But those volunteers that come in from uh, current volunteers are typically, typically gonna be pretty good for my group. So that's, that's always something to think about. If, if you're interested in volunteering and you know somebody who's volunteering somewhere, ask them. Uh, so you get feedback from them, especially if they're a colleague or a friend of yours, because if you guys have uh, some things in common, the chances are uh, that their recommendation may be a good one for you. So th this whole volunteer, new volunteer or um, thinking about volunteering, that, that whole concept is is actually, it's very simple. I know that I've spent two, this is part two of my podcast on this, but 
it's it's actually very simple. It's it's joining an organization or a group as a volunteer, and really just just paying attention and try to see how much positivity can you get out of that experience, because that will that will keep you involved. And for volunteer coordinators, you know, retainment is is always a big issue. And, you know, we get volunteers who come in after a disaster and they they want to help and work and then the disaster is over and then we have to volunteer coordinators, we have to find a way to train and keep volunteers active, you know, between these events. And if if you are if you're as a volunteer, if you're interested and you just feel like, um, you know, this is a family environment, I. I, I enjoy these people. I like to to be with this group. Then retainment is is going to become natural as well, and that's why you have to, as a new volunteer, really try to get a a, a big picture of the organization, the volunteer opportunities, and your involvement, so that it's something that you'll feel like staying around, something that will keep you interested, and even if. All volunteer organizations have downtime. Um, some, it's more recognizable than others, you know. So those disaster groups have that huge downtime between disaster events, things like that. While places like the food bank have, they have less of that because they're typically making sure the community is getting food. So that's more of an ongoing event. But even then, there are those little downtimes where maybe events there's a gap in events and how willing are you to just kind of wait for the next event to happen or are you at the point where you're just going to say well nothing's really going on i'm not so interested in this this group anymore i'm just gonna i'm just gonna leave so those are some things to think about always think long term think about the big picture but only after you've considered your spark and your passion, what you're interested in, and how well you fit in with the organization, does the organization really show appreciation for you? Uh, or do you feel that your time, even though, you know, even though you know your time is valuable, is that organization or is that volunteer coordinator manager showing you that they appreciate your time? Um, are, do you, are they keeping you informed? Do you feel like you're informed? Do you feel like the communication is there? Do you do you feel like you would want to to stay even even if there's this gap of, of time where there's really nothing going on, there's no opportunities available, but do you still want to hang around and wait for the next thing to happen and so you can jump back in and get involved? Those are all really important pieces of the volunteer experience. So always remember that there's an equal balance. The volunteer organization and coordinator has to be equally enthusiastic and excited about having you as a volunteer as you have to have for that organization and what you're doing to help the community through that organization. And I think that if you can, if you can find that, then you'll you'll enjoy your volunteer experience. And for and, and for the record, when, when all is said and done, that's the most important thing is that 
when it's all when it's all said and done and you're not volunteering anymore and you're you're kind of moving on to whatever the next phase of your life is and you look back and you realize that you did something good for the community and that whatever it is the time that you spent however much time you spent whatever it is that you did made a difference and 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 even though that experience it wasn't all over the news you know and all over posted all over the internet you still know that you made a difference then then the experience was worth it and i think the planning up front is important and the the follow through is always important and the last thing i'm just going to mention is during this path from new volunteer to the you know ending your volunteer run communication is always key and i i hope that your the volunteer coordinator and manager you're working with uh, follows through on that communication but as a volunteer remember it's always important to want to share the information with your volunteer coordinator manager and the organization so that you don't feel like you just have to one day just uh, just walk away and you know i don't want to call them i don't want to talk to them i don't want to bother them with my problems i you know whatever whatever it goes on make sure you talk to the volunteer coordinator because of all, as volunteer coordinators we we kind of have we kind of encompass that volunteer life and a lot so a lot of times we understand if we're a volunteer coordinator we understand what it is to have time commitment and you know life changes things like that so just be sure to talk to your volunteer coordinator instead of feeling like you have to just go into that volunteer vortex and just just roll out of sight where we, we know you're there um, but we just can't reach or touch you. I rather know that an opportunity is not working out or that a volunteer is no longer interested and in, you know no longer has that passion for the medical field with my medical reserve corps than for them just to disappear because as a volunteer coordinator that leaves us wondering if we really messed up or if we really done something wrong. Um, and I, I know that's that's a bit of a stretch, but you know that's how a lot of us feel. So, um, just that communication, and and if you if you just retired, or if you know you've gotten sick or something's happening, you're no longer able to volunteer. Just let your coordinator or manager know, and things will be just fine. It's so much better than than just this mysterious disappearance, as you know, as I mentioned earlier, where the penny drops into that big old round bucket after spinning through around that vortex for a while. We, we all know that that penny's there, but we just can't see them. We don't, we don't know the details. And as a volunteer coordinator, details are important because uh, volunteer work is not paid. It's it, There's no benefits. So it's that communication, that one-on-one -on -one human aspect that takes over and it's the most important piece. So uh, as you move in through your volunteer journey, I hope that everything works out for you. And I hope that uh, you will you will have a pleasant, rewarding journey, that communication will always be there and that you never feel like you're unwanted or unappreciated or that you just don't matter because you do.
everybody matters, all volunteers matter. So uh, later on in our next podcast, we're going to go ahead and move forward. We're going to talk about some other uh, some other important things related to volunteers uh, and volunteering and specific groups. Later on in our podcast, we're going to get involved with specific groups and what what they require and what what they do so that everybody who listens to this podcast will eventually have a, a pretty good idea of of what's out in their community and who, who does what and kind of how this volunteer environment fits into the world so uh thank again thank you and we're gonna look forward to future podcasts and i hope you guys stay with me Once again, I want to thank everybody at the Williamson County and Cities Health District for supporting me and uh, also housing my volunteer program, which is the Medical Reserve Corps. And thank all the volunteers out there who've been involved. Appreciate all of you. This is Tim St. Peter saying, remember that there are only seven days in a week and someday is not one of them. So pick a day and volunteer to make a difference in your community. Until next time, take care.